We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Goff looks, Goff throws, caught inside the one, fighting for the end zone and getting in for the touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown. Snap, he's got it, wants to throw. Wentz looks, looks, pressure comes. Wentz hit, sack, back inside the 20. Aiden Hutchinson, that's number two. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 315 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my main guy, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart. No Peter with us. Malcolm, oh, this this was going to be interesting. <laughs> I can't yeah, move right yeah, now. Yeah. My, my, voice, my voice is gone. Shit, this is crazy. I can't move right now. Um, Man. What a game. I was, I mean, as you can tell, I was a part of that Raymond James Stadium, that blue crowd that was around the stadium. I was a part of that. <laughs> it was crazy. That shit felt like a, it really felt like a home game. I, I, I've never experienced anything like that before. That was crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I told you guys a couple weeks ago when I went to Green Bay, like how it was unreal, unreal atmosphere because there were so many, you know, Lions fans in attendance in Green Bay. And for me, that was my first time ever doing a road game ever for the NFL. Like I've only been to a home play or home game for the Lions. It's only been at Ford Field. I've never been to another NFL stadium inside for another NFL game. That atmosphere in Green Bay was absolutely unbelievable. I didn't get to attend this one in Raymond James, but it looked absolutely unbelievable. For you, who's been to some road Lions games, you know, you've been to Hard Rock for the Lions yeah. Dolphins. You went to Lions Jags a couple of years ago. Compare those memories to this one that you just you went know, to Sunday. Those are night and day, man. It was, it's a totally different, totally different experience. I mean, when I, used to, when I went to the Dolphins games, I mean, I don't think we ever had a winning record with the Dolphins, with the Lions when they played the Dolphins. Like they never had a winning record when they went there. So the fan base that was there, I mean, they did. They, they we still had a good amount of fans that showed up, but it was nothing like that, man. That was that shit felt like a home game. Like I, I had a feeling, like I, I really believe on third down they had to do silent counts because on third down we were just so loud. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure Baker couldn't get the plays off. Like as far as motioning in and and telling God what to do, it, it was crazy, man. It was just, it was just insane. When you're cheering, right, it feels just like a home game. Like it, you probably had a lot of Lions fans by you. I mean, it. oh yeah, yeah. I, I had and the good, the crazy thing is I had a, I had a few Tampa Bay fans around me, but it was majority Lions fans is all around right. me, and yeah. <laughs> Like I don't know how they did it, but it was cool because there was still a good amount of there was still a good amount of um Tampa Bay fans there. 
It's not like we took over the whole stadium, yeah. but we did take over the whole visitor side. The whole visitor side was like completely blue. Right. The whole visitor side, and then like the gold, the gold um, post sides um, was majority blue. Um, but if you look on their side, like their home side, which the camera doesn't really show, they have some fans there. So that I mean, it, it was a good thing. But as far as like, I, I think we probably had more fans than them. Which is kind of crazy. I mean, at the end of the game, you clearly heard you guys. You guys got the "Let's Go Lions" chance. I mean, it was it was loud in there. It oh, was yeah. loud. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like you can really tell um, when we scored touchdowns. Like when Jameson Williams scored that touchdown. If you just listen in at like the fans. It sounds like a home game. <laughs> Everybody was cheering. Um, it, 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 like it, when calls happen, if you saw like when they pick up the flag, you saw the crowd cheering. You, you're hearing the crowd cheering. You're like, what the? You like you were thinking you're at Ford Field. It was, it was crazy, but it just it just shows, man. It's, it, the players feed off that, so it was just it was just good, man. It was yeah, dope. I heard Dan Campbell in the press conference. They they asked him. They're like, you know, how are you getting so much success on the road? You know, you're three and zero now. And Dan Campbell says, frankly, these just haven't been really road games so far yet. I mean, it's been. You know, I I would say for sure the last two games have been a Lions takeover. Kansas City, you saw maybe towards the end, but like the last two hundred percent man have been completely Lions takeovers. And like Dan Campbell alluded to, like they almost feel like home games to a certain extent. Yeah, and the, the play, I mean, the fans they they do feel some type of way when stuff like that happens. I get it because like this picture, like you're in Ford Field. And a whole other family just completely takes over Ford Field. And you're like, yo, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen it before. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, we have seen it before. I know we were texting about it this morning. It was like in 2018, the the first Patricia game where, you know, we got killed by the Jets. And you you could hear the J-E-T, Jets, Jets, Jets chant, like, loud and clear through the TV throughout the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, they had a good amount of fans there, but it was nothing like that. <laughs> was they were just loud. Like, it was just loud because majority of the fans bounced yeah. already. The majority of the Lions fans bounced, and then it felt like all the Jets fans just, just came to the yeah. front. And, and it, <laughs> and it helps just, that you're in a dome, too, because obviously the sound yeah, bounces yeah. off from the roof. Yeah, it was, it's a totally different. Like, I kind of feel bad for them because I'm like, man. <laughs> like, like, you, like, they were trying to cheer for the team. And try to be loud, but I was like, man, you guys are not even that loud, man. Like, Ford Field is crazy right now, like, compared to you guys right now. It's like a different, different vibe. And shout out to Lions fans, dude. You guys have been unreal. Obviously, you know, this team had big expectations come out throughout the year. And so far, they've delivered on those expectations early on. And the fans so far have definitely, if not met expectations, have definitely exceeded expectations. Like, to show that. We were really hungry, man. We're, we're, we've been waiting for a winner for so many damn years. And it's still early, but we're seeing it all kind of come together. And you guys are making it even more special. Uh, not just making Ford feel loud, but making every road team we've been to so far loud, too. And that's, that's a big credit to Lions fans, man. I mean, these aren't small trips either. Tampa Bay's on a different coast. It's on the complete south. I know there's a lot of people from Michigan that live in Florida. I understand. Uh, Green Bay, not a short trip. That's eight hours and if you're driving. If you, if you live just in the metro Detroit area. Kansas City is a decent flight. You know, it's probably a two-hour, three-hour flight. Two-hour flight, I would probably say. You know, and, and you guys are taking over these stadiums. Like, that's a big shout-out to Lions fans. And, like, these are iconic stadiums you're taking over. You're not taking over – some bummy teams like you took over Lambeau Field, they took over Arrowhead Stadium, the defending champions, week one, in front of everybody, man. Yeah. Like it's it's very special right now, what the team is doing and what the fans are doing right now for this team. Yeah, and I actually um I actually attended a meet and greet with some of the Lions fans and um it was the day the night before and um I got a chance to talk to some of the Lions fans and the ones that travel that they literally just they go out and travel to these games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know Crack Man. Um I got a chance to meet him. Um Megan Stefanski, I got a chance to meet her. Um and um but just just talking to them man it's crazy how they just travel to all these games to do no, this. No, they're stuff. passionate unreal. Um yeah very 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 passionate man. They, you know like like I, I had to kinda educate I put it on my Twitter. I had to educate one of the one of the Bucks fans because he was shocked from all this. Like he was like, "I never seen this before." <laughs> he was like, "You guys are acting crazy." Like I was like, well, "You guys acting like you guys won a Super Bowl." He was like, "We." He's like, "We won a Super Bowl. We don't act like this." Like, like, he was trying to trying to make it like a negative 
look on the sign and say, oh, this is why you guys are never going to win because you guys act like you've never been there before. And I had to educate him like, look, man, <laughs> this is a team. This is a, this is a fan base that's been, you know, 60 years with one playoff win between 60, 60 plus years. Like you gotta let us have this moment, <laughs> you know. No disrespect to you guys. You guys have yeah. You guys are doing well this year. You know the Lions fans. The the good thing about everything, they they were able to celebrate and not disrespect the other team. You know we're more as far as more excited about our team success and not like oh you guys suck uh, blah 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 f maker baker maker. There was none of that. You know it was a it was more of just us being excited that we're winning. <laughs> and that's why I had to explain to him that no disrespect to the to the Buccaneers. We're not, you know, celebrating about you guys. We're celebrating about our success right now. And just just happy that this that we have finally have something to cheer for. Yeah. I mean we could have said all those things about Baker Mayfield. He deserves it for after what he pulled off last year. Um this was payback. Payback. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, I did do my fair my fair share of trolling the fans because during like I guess the, during the break they had like this this random fan throwing the ball inside the target shit. And I was like, oh, look, it's Baker Mayfield. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 Baker Mayfield deserves every straight from Lions fans possible, man. I mean, for what he did last year of us missing the playoffs, this is week by week, man. We're taking the, every team that took us away from the playoffs last year, we're just getting our our revenge back. Pan, it was the Panthers last week, Baker Mayfield this week. I wonder if they take it personal. I wonder if the Lions fans was in the locker room like, you know what? This this motherfucker Baker Mayfield is the reason why we got to the playoffs last year. I offered year. to this man's donate his foundation. To bring some good juju to the Lions. And that man did not deliver. I do not wish any success for Baker Mayfield's career. <laughs> Don't wish any success for Baker Mayfield's career. I used to be a big uh, Baker fan crazy. until last year. He did. He uh, did. I until, remember. Until I remember. last year, I, I completely lost all my marbles with Baker Mayfield. I'm done with him. And I, I don't care about him anymore. He's, he's done to me. He's done. I, I, I will say this, though. Um, Lions fans, if you never got a chance to go to Raymond James Stadium... Um, I would say it's one of the better stadiums that I've been to as far as like the atmosphere and um, the amenities that they have there, the, the the restaurants and the cool like stuff like they have like the boats thing. It's pretty cool. Um, I'll definitely put that on my bucket list to check it out. Um, the only thing that I did not like was that damn, that damn. The cannon? Cannon shit. That shit pissed me off the whole night. <laughs> not even the whole night because I didn't get to hear it the whole night, but like, luckily they didn't score. But yeah, that, that cannon is very annoying. At least you weren't by it too. You're on the all, complete other side of it too. I was complete complete other side, but man, that player intro. <laughs> Tristan Worth. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Mike Evans. I would I would shit. avoid the shit out of Baker Mayfield. I heard that cannon boom with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. It's like shit, man. Like make it stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks like a cool stadium. I used to always, I kind of yeah, used to give Raymond cool. James some shit for, but it looks pretty cool on the last Sunday. I'll, I'll give some credit. The Lions don't play that often. Last game before that yesterday was 2017. So, you know, they haven't played there in a minute. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Tampa, Tampa itself is pretty cool. I, I don't go to Tampa too often. I, I agree. agree. The city is very know, nice. A lot of people know that I live in Florida. Um, I'm, I'm down south. I, I don't go to Tampa often. Um, and yeah, Tampa's pretty. I like straight. Tampa. I, I went one cool. time a couple yeah. of years ago. It was for the Tigers, but I enjoyed it. It's different. It's different from like for some reason. It feels like I'm in a different city. Like it, a I'm different in a different city, city but like a different, a, state, a different yeah. state. Yeah, it just feels like you're a different state when you go to Tampa um, compared to South Florida. Because South Florida is just a different I like vibe. it's a lot more chiller in Tampa. You know, just good atmosphere, but a lot of a lot of water. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into this game now. And I want to get your reaction to this first because you know, we've been waiting for this for over a year now. And we finally got, you know, we've gotten moments from this guy, but like we got another one. And I feel like this could be the moment that finally unleashes this man. And if you don't know who I'm talking about by now, I'm talking about number nine, <laughs> Jamison Williams. Uh, oh, I, I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about somebody else. Well, okay, yeah, Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams, man. I've been waiting for him to be unleashed. They got him a little involved again this week. Got him some targets. Got the big bomb to him in the end zone. Do you think this is finally like the game we're gonna look back and say, "Hey, 
this was the game where JMO officially got unleashed. Unleashed? No. Not yet. No, not yet. Um, do you look at snap count? Still really low. What he had was he killed in the game for 16 snaps. Um, he was targeted three times. He caught two catches. Um, I want to say this is like his coming out game. I think when we see that game, we're going to see a really big game from Jameson Williams where we say, oh, shit. Like he's here. <laughs> and then we're we're going to start questioning who's our number one receiver. That's, that, that, that's the type of shit that we're going to be see, uh, seeing. Um, I think that's going to be a breakout party. But it was a really good game for him for what he did. And he's handling his situation like a true pro, man. I mean, for him to have his expectations and he knows his skill set, he knows that he's probably like – could be the best person on the team as far as uh, skill-wise. Um, he's handling, you know, hey, you're, you're only going to have 16 snaps, and he's, he's taking it. You know, he's taking it little by little. Um, but, yeah, he's making the best of his opportunities. I mean, I think we are seeing more uh, a better version of JMO, and we're just going to keep seeing uh, an improved JMO. Yeah, even, like, it seemed like that game, they were kind of going slow with him. Like, the first half felt like he was hardly involved at all, like even just getting on the field. And I feel like in that second yeah. half, you start to see him a lot more, especially in that third quarter and then that fourth quarter as well. So I'm, like, I'm just wondering, you know, obviously you got two more games to the bye. Like, I feel like it's coming very, very soon where, like, he's officially going to be unleashed. And that's going to be, like, the James Williams that, like, every Lions fan has been waiting for for so long. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be a really big game. I think, like, you're going to see, like, a really, really big game. Like, you're, you're talking about, like, over 150 yards type stuff like that. It'll be, like, a really big game that we see from J-Mo. Then we're going to be like, oh, shit, oh, J-Mo's yeah. here. <laughs> you know, but they still, they're still really limiting his snaps, um, limiting his targets, limiting, the, I, I guess, plays for J-Mo. I, like, I, I wish they, he got more involved. And I know a lot of fan, Lion fans wish he got more involved. Um, like, you'll see... Screen passes to other players, like those screen passes to Craig Reynolds, screen pass to uh, Amaron St. Brown. They're like, shit, why don't we give fucking Jameson Williams a, a goddamn screen, you know? Um, we want those plays, but it is, we're just not seeing it. And I, I wish that we got more Jameson Williams plays. Should give him an end around. You know, let's get the ball in his hands. We want to see Jameson, we want to see the ball in Jameson Williams' hands. I, I think everybody does. Um, between him and Gibbs, this is crazy how everybody just, doesn't matter how you do it, just get the ball in their hands. <laughs> Especially Jamo, man. Every, just every time he feels like he, like he he has an opportunity to get the ball, it's something fun. Like, it's something electric, dude. He's only made a handful of catches. And it feels like every play he has made, though, is electric. Like, he had the end around versus the Bears last year. Had the big touchdown versus the Vikings last year. Now has this moment where he gets a touchdown versus the Buccaneers. So, like, handful of games, handful of snaps. But every time he does get that ball, it just always feels like it's an electric play with James Williams. Yeah, I mean, I was I actually was really shocked that he caught it. That was a really that's a tough. Yeah, catch. it wasn't a great ball really by golf. Catch. It wasn't a great ball by golf, but um, he had to adjust to the ball like three times, and while the ball was in the air, which was really impressive. Um, and this is one of the moments I was telling like I was, I was telling you guys about um, like if you look back at last year when um we had that 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 Josh Reynolds situation when they played the the the, the Cowboys, I'm like, man, like golf needs somebody that could bail him out. If it's not the perfect pass, we need a receiver that could adjust to the ball and, you know, make the catch, you know, and that's what we saw. <laughs> you know, this was a, if he if Jamison Williams would have lost sight of that ball and there was a better corner there or a better safety that was defending him, that could have been an interception. But, the, you know, thankfully, Jamison Williams tracked the ball down, knew where, knew where the ball was going to be and, and, and made a play on the ball. And, um. That's what we do. We need to see more of that. I think that connection just with Goff and JMO still needs to get there. I, I think this is not a, even a shot at Goff at all. I think JMO is too fast sometimes. Like, and, and Goff is just not ready for Like, he's not, like, used to it yet. It's hard. He threw the ball damn near six I know. He, he launched the ball. <laughs> and, is like, JMO is still there, like, you know, with, like, with the, like feet to spare. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm saying like uh, the, the, I'm not sure how much golf. No, there's could do. not really much uh, more golf like could that. do. That was a you know almost a 50 yard pass, and you know he got it to the end zone. But like JMO is just too fast sometimes. That like I just feel like golf has not had that type of player ever, at least not on the NFL level. Yeah, it's gonna come to a point that they're gonna have a connection. And um, I, if I could like think of a similar situation. It would be like Randy Moss, where Randy Moss, he was very similar in that that that, that aspect because he was so damn fast. But what Randy used to do is uh, he used to just put his hand up in the air <laughs> really quickly, like 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 within five ten yards, 
and he'll know. That's when the, the quarterback will know. Just, just throw launch the ball. it. Throw the ball. Just launch the shit. <laughs> I'll catch up to it. it. <laughs> I'll go get it. That's that's what he does. Randy, like we watch Randy Moss back. He will put his hand up, and then Cooper would just launch it. <laughs> I, I, we saw we saw but, even Tyree kill do that a little bit, especially in Kansas City, and I think we see even a little bit right now in Miami, like where he does stuff like that. I mean, it, that's what that's what you're gonna have to do, man. Because you know, you gotta let the ball go early and then let them just get it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the only way it's gonna work. Yeah, it feels like with JMO too. It's like we're gonna get that big play too, where he could run for like 80, 90 yards. Like this is like the two big touchdowns he's had have been like for the fifty yard line. They're both at like midfield. Um, but like, there's gonna come a moment where he's gonna be like an inside our own twenty five or inside our own twenty, and they're gonna throw a big bomb to JMO, and he's just gonna take it all the way. Yeah, like I said, when we say when we're gonna say Jamo's here, and like his coming out party, it's gonna he's gonna have a really big game just like that. I think it'll be a game similar to that, but I think he's gonna do it multiple times in in one game, and that's like gonna be we have that discussion. I mean, just who's, gonna, who's our number one? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's playing like a number one right now? And that's Amon Ross St. Brown. What a phenomenal game that he had yesterday in Tampa Bay. Twelve receptions, bringing his own single game record of receptions in the game and was just all Mr. Reliable. Like we've known about Amon Ross St. Brown. Obviously he's been great for this football team for, you know, not three years. And, you know, he, he's, he's breaking out already, but he's just coming so, so reliable for this football team every single game. I know he missed last game versus Carolina, but golf just like, you know, they, they have a connection, man. It's very, it's very comfortable for golf and Amon Ross. And they're just very good with each other, man. He's a great safety blanket for this football team. Yeah, safety blanket, security blanket, the blanket, whatever you want to call it, man. Yeah, he's that guy. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what more to say about Amaral St. Brown. He is definitely a, a pro's pro. Um, he came out big with this game. We had what, 12, 12 catches. catches he had this game. 12 catches. And, you know, he... he <laughs> He's just a, he's just that guy that you just I think every team would need. <laughs> he's like a, a, a that that player that every team would just want to have, and um, I think he's great, man. I think I think he's great. Like I'm not sure if he's like that. Uh, like where would you put him? Like do you feel like he's like an elite receiver or he's just a, a really smart receiver that just know what to do all the time? I think he's elite. You know, I really do think, like, I know he is, like, considered more of a safety blanket. And some people don't, like, really consider that type of receiver to be a number one guy. But, like, like the numbers don't lie, though. Like, he is so reliable. You know, he gets touchdowns. Like, I, I, I truthfully believe he's a top 10, top 15 receiver in this league. I really do. I think he's that good. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree, too, man. That that touchdown he had was, was amazing. And I think that they, uh, a big... You know, big part of that play was you know Kirk was, Reynolds yes. with that 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 massive block. <laughs> he did, but Amaral St. Brown um, on that touchdown that touchdown drive he did he made that catch and he decided to cut it across the field. That was that was balls, man. Because you know coaches don't like that. Coaches don't like you going you know east and west. They want you to go north and south. So when he decided to go east and west, man, it just felt like that he could make a play. That was that was ballsy, man. That was, that was really ballsy, and 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 a big shout out to Craig Reynolds because Craig Reynolds made that whole that touchdown yeah, happen. Because no Craig Reynolds, yeah, it was, if there was no Craig Reynolds on that play. Um, he wouldn't have scored a touchdown. And Tampa Bay has a really, really, really good goal line defense, so there was a big chance that we would have been kicked, we would have kicked the field yeah, goal there, right? Or you go for it and maybe you don't get points at all. Yeah, no, I I, I think. Dan Campbell playing it because he knows that Tampa Bay has a really good goal line defense. He, he didn't go for it at all um, in the goal line. He, he relied on Riley Patterson. Yeah. yeah, he even trusted him. I felt like the first time we, he, like, trusted Riley with, like, a big kick, like a 50-plus yarder, it didn't work out. But, like, you know, he gave him the opportunity this week. It was close. Just shanked a little right. Had the leg room, but it's not, not, the, not the accuracy. How do you feel about Riley? about the same opinion that I've had ever since we've got him back and since we made the trade like I know he's pretty money inside the 40 it's just like once you get outside that 40 it's a little shaky and you know we, we've seen Dan and the coaching staff like steer away from it like they, they won't really give him opportunities to kick 50 plus like they'll either you know go for it depending on how many yards they need to pick up or they'll punt the ball like take a delay game or take a off or take a false start and just punt the ball and play the field position game. 
Do, do you feel like a rally Patterson could like potentially lose us? Like, is he like the, that much of a liability that you feel like he could lose us a game? You don't feel comfortable with him 50 plus right now, frankly. I, I don't think you feel comfortable with him 50 plus. Like, if it came down to a situation, you're down one point, and you know that that's the only play there is where you have to kick the ball. I mean, like, you're obviously going to send him out there, but like, it's not, it, it's not runs. like you're sending Justin Tucker out there or you're sending Matt Prater when you had him or even Jason Hansen when you had him. Like, you know, the, the, this kicking position still could use a lot of room for improvement. But, like, to be fair, like, a lot of NFL teams wish they had a Justin Tucker, obviously, or uh, with the Lions had with Matt Prater a couple of years ago, or obviously with Jason Hansen for all those years. Like, teams wish they could have kickers for that long and, like, reliable like that. Is, is it me or does it feel like kickers like in 2023? I mean, 50 yards, it's not that not that long, is it? Like compared to like back in the day, back in the day when he kicked 50 yards, it was like, oh shit, he kicked 50 yeah. yards. But it's like now it's like, it's like that, that should be like the standard, right? Like It's more normal now for sure. You know, it's definitely more normal. But like, I don't know. Something with Riley, like he's just not good from, I would say, 40 plus. Which is like, I don't know. It's tough. I just, I just hope that it doesn't come to a situation where um, we lose a game because of Hopefully it. Hopefully not. But it didn't cost us in this game. So, you know, the, the – did yeah. not. No, it did you not. Know, you know what's even more impressive about this Lions team, too? It's not that they're 5-1 and one and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs or they take over Green Bay and win that game or, um, you know, they, they took over Raymond James and won that game. Like, they are winning these games all convincingly. They've won every single game this year outside of Kansas City convincingly. Green Bay, convincingly. Atlanta, convincingly. Carolina, convincingly. Tampa Bay, convincingly. Like, they won all of these games convincingly. Like, they're not having some lucky one-possession win or a game that could have gone either way. They are winning this game like a real football team. Um, You know, like the Minnesota Vikings last year, they won 13 games. They won, I think, 12 out of those 13 games, one possession. The Lions are not doing that, man. They're proving why they're a legit team and winning these games convincingly and, and, and frankly, like, blowing out teams. Like, they're playing that well right now on all cylinders. Offense, defense, it's all clicking right now for this football team. Yeah, I definitely agree. Back in the day, it was weird, man, because back in the day, they used the excuse of this is NFL, all games are closed, blah, 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 doesn't matter who your opponent is. And that's why, I mean, they, they, they pretty much tricked me, had me thinking, oh, yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. <laughs> maybe that's why we can't beat teams by so much points because it's NFL, and, and no matter who you play, I mean, it's going to be a close game. Like, it, it, that's how it was. Old Lions football was, every game we played was close. Doesn't matter who it was. You, you play a team that's never won a game, they'll take us down to right. the wire or go to overtime or do something weird. <laughs> And then the coaching would come to the podium with the excuse of, oh, this is NFL. You're simple. Uh, you know, stuff like this happens. But, you know, the, what this team is showing us is that they're handling business. If you're if you're a team that's not going to come, come in and, and be ready when you play us, prepare to get stomped. Because <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Um, and, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing that we're, we're seeing with this team. Is this is a completely different. Like back in the day, I, I mentioned this. It made every single quarterback we played look like Gold Jacket Hall of Famers, which was really, really weird. It was a weird trait that was always only happened in Detroit. No matter who we played, Chase Daniels cut us. I'll never forget that that day when Chase Daniels, the the the, the one of the biggest frauds. Okay, okay, Chase Daniels at least okay. That's a one game thing. Whatever, right? That's bad. Very bad. I'm not putting a discredit. We had a point at one point where Mitch Trubisky was owning the Lions like consecutively. Like he was just like owning the team. Yeah, he, he claimed he claimed us. He, he owned he owned half the Ford Field pretty yeah. much. He had real yeah. estate. Uh, <laughs> he had real estate. I mean, it was, it was terrible. We played every quarterback we played look like Gold Jacket Hall of Famers. But now this team, what they're doing is they're making these quarterbacks have some of their roughest games against us. Baker Mayfield, he, he did not look like what he what we saw Sunday. Earlier, like the other games, Baker played. Baker looked from now on. I think Baker was completing almost seventy percent of all his passes. Yeah, he was very clean. He was very clean. He came in with what two interceptions. I'm seeing a stat here from Baker Mayfield on third downs before our game. Prior to playing the Lions, Baker Mayfield on third down was eighty percent. 
complete 80% of his passes on third down with a passer rating of 140.7 with five touchdowns. Let all quarterbacks, every quarterback, he let all quarterbacks in the NFL with that stat on third down. That's more than Patrick Mahomes. That's more than Josh Allen. That's more than everybody. This man on this game <laughs> playing the Lions. He was, what, what was he, two for 13? He's two for 13 playing against the Lions. Like what they're doing is they're holding team, they, these quarterbacks and making them have their roughest games against us. This is just uncharted territory <laughs> because this is something we haven't seen before. You know, it's a, something that they're doing <clears throat> that's like been very, you know, making this an impact is making teams one dimensional. We've been saying it for the last couple of weeks that they're completely eliminating run games every single week. Doesn't really matter who they're playing. Um, they are eliminating the run game and making um, the quarterback beat you with his arm. That that's what they're doing right now. And when you're not playing, you know, elite quarterbacks like Mahomes and Josh Allen, you make them one dimensional, you know, they're they're gonna struggle. And you've been seeing that the last couple of weeks with this Lions team, man. That, that's what they're doing defensively. They're making it a goal to stop the run. And they're doing a phenomenal job of doing that. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. And it actually tuned into the the last episode that we did. Well, I wasn't in there. It was an interview with the guy did with Josh Allen, um, who reports for um, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I mean, just hearing hearing his his thoughts on it was saying, you know, pretty much that you know that they don't really rely on their running game, and you know that their running game has been struggling all year, which they 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 have. I mean, if you look at their their ratings, they're they're like in the lower half of the league in running the ball, but. He was what he preached was that Baker Mayfield was still cooking, and we just completely took Baker Mayfield out of the game. And the, the, the interesting part about all this is that we did that with them coming off their bye, so they had a whole extra week to prepare for us, and we still came out and dominated against them. I think that I think that's the, the impressive part. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, man, they're just doing a very good job at, you know, making these quarterbacks one-dimensional and making you beat them with their arms. And, and you're right. That's what we asked uh, Josh from when we talked about the Bucks last week. You know, he said, like, even though we are one-dimensional, it's not been an issue for Baker Mayfield in this offense. And the Lions made it an issue still. And I, I had a little concerns, too, with our secondary because, like, I know it's played really well the last three games versus Atlanta, Green Bay, and Carolina. 
But I'm like, I had a little bit of a grain of salt. Like, you know, we, we haven't faced two dominant receivers since Seattle. And the last time we faced two dominant receivers like Metcalf and Lockett, they gave us some big-time issues. So I'm like, let's see what they could do this week when they're playing guys like Godwin and Mike Evans. Let's see how they respond. And man, oh, man, did they respond. They looked phenomenal. Cam Sutton, every single week, is proving why he got that contract. He has been so, so steady for this team you know we said it when we signed him he's never going to be a big interception guy he's not going to be a guy that many people are going to talk about outside detroit but man he is so reliable he is so reliable at that cornerback spot for this team yeah he's he's taking away outside of his field i mean he's looking like he's shutting down the side which is crazy he's not being targeted you know that that that's the crazy part i mean i, I wish i was in that 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 um episode you guys because we look at no, I'm the Lions, and, and as far as yeah, when we played two receivers, we had trouble. But the first two games, our defense, I think, was was still kind of rocky. It wasn't what it is now. Um, if you look after that Seattle game, Aaron Glenn, I mean, I'm pretty sure Dan Campbell gave them hell, and we saw a totally different defense. The secondary started playing well. Um, Jerry Jacobs started playing his best football after that. Um, we start getting pressure on the quarterback and getting them off their spots. We saw that with Baker Mayfield. Even we know we didn't really get there, um, but we we got him off his spot, and that was a big thing: is get him off his spot tons of times, having him try to scramble out, try to make try to extend the play, and nothing was there. And they're doing a really good job. This whole defense is really doing a really good job. Um, there was only one person that I did notice on three occasions that could have gave up a really really big play all three times. Um, and I hope that gets corrected because if we play against a better quarterback, that could bite us in the ass. Um, but besides that, besides that one person, because that one person, you know, they say it all the time, do your job. And if there's one person that does not do their job, yeah, the whole defense could look bad. And just just to show you how good our defense looked yesterday, but if we would have gave up three touchdowns, we would have been talking about the defense this whole time. This, this whole episode would have been, oh, our defense yeah. is bad. You know, and we would have given those three big explosive plays or through three touchdowns. We would have been talking about the defense, and that that's not the case. This this situation is just one person, and they just need to get that corrected. If not, they need to do something because that that cannot 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 happen. I'm assuming that one person is Kirby Joseph. <laughs> that one person is Kirby Joseph. Yeah, um, there was plays that you know when you're playing cover three. You I mean you just gotta do your job. It, it, the job is simple. You just don't let the guy get deeper than you. You know, you're playing the center field. You're playing the middle of the field. And there was that, that play that came on an interception. Look at Mike Evans. Mike wide Evans open. was wide open. Right for a I, that's the play yeah. I texted you. I said, go rewatch that because you were obviously in the same. You didn't yeah, see it. But. I, I did. I, re- I rewatched right. it. And, yeah, Mike Evans would have been – he'd have been moonwalking. If Isaiah Bugs doesn't get his hand on that ball. <laughs> if Isaiah Bugs did not get his hand on that ball, he would have been moonwalking from the 50-yard line to a touchdown. And that that would have all came because of Kirby Joseph, yeah. and um, that play, and then the two plays with um, I keep forgetting his name, number ten. Um, that plays for the Palmer. Bucks. He's really good. He's Palmer. He's a rookie. He's having a really good year too. Um, both plays look like two posts right down the middle, and Kirby Joseph is letting these guys get behind him. And your job when you're playing deep safety, you play cover three, is not to let anybody get deeper than you. You're supposed to be deeper than anybody. Everybody. But I'm not sure if he's biting in and trying to do too much and letting these guys get on top of him. And that's the whole part of do your job. Your job, his job, is to not let anybody get deeper than you. That's your job. Whatever he's trying to do, he needs to stop it immediately. Um, Or if not, man, we're going to give him some big plays, which we haven't given up any big plays so far this year. I think I would say that we got lucky. But... Yeah, he could have single-handedly made this whole defense look bad. And someone, someone brought this up in our spaces after the game yesterday. It was Mike, obviously. If, I don't know how many people know Mike, but you know Mike, obviously. Mike, Mike right? Um, and I thought yeah, it was – he, he, he usually has a wild But this takes. was an interesting point from him. This was a very interesting point. And it, it might have sounded wild because, like, I think Kirby Joseph just had, like, that that praise from the Lions fans that, like, you know, he's, he's a very good player. And he is a good player. He's just – I feel like, you know, he he has had some moments where he's could have definitely given us some big plays this year when he's played. And he brought up the question is like, if this continues to happen, when do you consider putting Ifatu Malafano out there? Because the two games that Malafano did start when Kirby was out, very, very impressive. There was a Green Bay game and the Atlanta game. And 
Granted, maybe take a little bit of a grain of salt because both those teams are not the greatest passing offenses with Atlanta and Green Bay. But, like, it, it makes me wonder, and I hope this doesn't come to the case, but, like, if Kirby does continue to struggle, you got two more games to the bye. We've seen the staff not be shy of being able to make moves like that or, you know, put another guy in for another guy. Um, I wonder if this does continue is, does the staff consider maybe putting Kirby on the bench and starting a guy like Melifano? I think it would have to if, – if they were to do that – it would have to like be a situation where the the receiver did catch those balls. And so, if, for example, if Baker Mayfield would connect with all three of those passes that were Kirby Joseph's responsibility, right. you know, they would call all three of those passes, and all three of them would result to a big play or a touchdown. I think if something like that happened and then it continued, like the following week. Then you're looking at like maybe the week after that, maybe benching him and putting in. But I don't, I don't think it'll be a situation where oh he had a really a rough game. Let's put in if if, if finally my little You know I don't think it's a situation like that um, because something like that is is correctable. You know once he goes to the sidelines, he's getting bitched out by his his, uh, his DB coach, and they're, they're they're showing him to play. They're showing like look what the fuck are you doing? Like how are you, how are you letting him get deeper than you? And um, if that stuff like that, like if, if you're teaching. Your, your 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 player, and then they continue to do the same stuff. Yeah, there's a chance that he could get yeah. benched. I, I mean, I think these next two games are very critical for him. You know, you got two more games before the bye. Um, he needs to correct it. He needs to correct whatever's going on with him right now. And he's got two games, I think, to really prove it. And I'm, I'm not I'm not calling for it right now. I'm not saying they should bench Kirby Joseph. I'm just saying he needs to play no. better. And I think these next couple of games are big for him because. Like you said, man, it could be we're talking about a completely different game right now. If you know, and that's the NFL, right? Like if if this play happens, if that play happens, that's the NFL. Like you could talk about the NFL like that all day. Didn't happen at the end of the day. Didn't cost you, but it could have cost yeah. you because it didn't happen. Guess what? The talk defense is, is elite. We have a great defense. <laughs> defense. <laughs> we have a great defense. So you know, but if they, they would have connected those three passes, like oh, Detroit Lions are right back giving up explosive plays. They're right back uh, giving up long ninety-yard touchdowns. They're doing. They, they, it'll be yeah, they, um, they, but, they had a couple of very key deflections. Bugs obviously on that play was key, and then Julian acquired a very big one on third down. That would have been a first down if he doesn't get that ball. If he doesn't get his hand on that ball. He sure did, and, and, and going back to Kirby Joseph, there was a play he almost had an interception. Yeah. Um, I'm not going play that he, he completely fell. <laughs> he fell. Uh, I'm not sure if he got up and tipped it or did something, but he, he fell. But if he didn't fall, he was right there to just pick the ball off. But um, he he, he fell on, on, on one of the plays. Yeah. So I think Kirby. I think Kirby's gonna be fine. right, man. He's he, he's a guy that last year he was really big on being a ball hawk for us. I just think that this is a different. It's a different system, a different scheme right now. Compared to just playing uh, cover one single high, and then compared to that, to now playing cover three, and now like you could be one on one with the receiver, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of different. So he's got to get he got to get his, his foot in the thing, and one you know? guy that has adjusted very well, Tracy Walker. Tracy Walker looks phenomenal. He was great last game for Tampa Bay. And he's been great since being called upon since Gardner Johnson got hurt in that Seattle game. Um, there was a hit stick out there in that fourth quarter. He, he gave no dams. He was a human hit stick out there, and he got to Baker a couple of times. That was a bad one on Baker too. He got he got a good hit on Baker. Got his like little helmet on him. It was clean, clean hit. Um, you know, but he disrupted that throw. Had a big one too that they almost tried to throw a penalty on, him, and then they realized that's just a clean ass hit by Tracy Walker. And he, he he's just been <laughs> amazing since uh, starting for this team. It's really hard to single out good players on the defense because, you know, other than Kirby Joseph yesterday, um, I think everybody's playing really well. I think every single person is stepping up. Everybody's playing. They're doing their job. Everybody's playing well. Like, at the beginning of the year, we used to talk about Jerry Jacobs. We're wondering if Jerry Jacobs is not adjusting to the defense as quickly as we thought he would. And right now, man, he's playing this corner position just as well as, you know, Cam Sun, the other guy. We're looking at two guys who are completely limiting receivers to low yards. Like, have they given up 100 yards since? I don't know. I don't – I mean, you're looking at, like, have they given up – like, besides 
ever since after the Seattle game, had to give up 100 yards on on, on a receiver. Since then, I, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't believe so. Did. I think. I don't Actually, believe so. maybe so they, Thielen and some garbage time. Thielen, yeah, and um, yeah, when he's playing in the, in the slot, that, that that that's the thing too. When um, without Brian Branch, liability is Will Harris on on the secondary. Um, but besides that, man, I, th- I think everybody else is is doing their their their, their job, man. Jerry Jacobs playing a hell of a game too. Alex is alone playing phenomenal. Probably probably playing like a top linebacker in the league right now. He's playing phenomenal. He's all around the ball. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. Everything you want from a linebacker, Alex Anzalone is doing it. I actually don't want to even hear any Alex Anzalone slander anymore. There should not be any because if you just watch, turn on, the, turn on the, the, the the game and watch him, he's everywhere. You know, he's doing everything you want as a linebacker. So I just think everybody on the defense is doing – they're playing their ass yeah. off. One final point before we get into Oopsie and, and Ball of the Week. I don't even know how we didn't mention this. Jared Goff. What a phenomenal game for JG16 in this game, man. No running game. That's my and That's my this guy took the team on his back and carried this offense, man. That's exactly what he did. You know, people give criticism to golf that can't win with a running game. If you don't give him a running game, he's not easy. He'll be, he'll, he's going to fold. Montgomery gets injured early in that game. They cannot establish any run game after Montgomery gets hurt. Jared Goff puts that team on his back. Spreads the ball around to all of his receivers. Got, I think, eight or nine guys involved in that game. And just cooked, man. Just cooked. It wasn't like they scored many points, but killing time off the clock, getting crucial touchdowns. Second half adjustment was great on offense. First half was a little bit sluggish. Second half adjustment was great. Offense looked much better. You know, they said, fuck this run. It's not working. Let's trust the hands of JG16 and see what he could do. And that's exactly what he did. Carry this offense. It looked phenomenal, man. Yeah. I mean, Jared Goff, he's a, he had a, people used to say about Jared Goff that he could only win in a perfect situation. He I was one of them. To be perfect. I was one of them. He needs it to be perfect around him to win. And, I mean, looking at since he came to Detroit, man, he, he, he's been everything far from perfect. Everything's been far from perfect since he's been here. You're looking at he had he had to deal with having the, the worst defense of all time. Uh, you know, offensive linemen being in and out. You, you, you have Dan Skipper as your guard, which is not a good situation for anybody. <laughs> I don't care. I want to wish it. I'm not wish that's, to be. That's not even yeah. the worst one, too. I mean, yeah, like Logan Stenberg out there, Coyote Oshika. He had a one game where he had Dan Skipper and uh, Logan Stenberg starting at both his guards. Yeah. There was a point that he had three of his interior linemen are all backups, third strings, and practice squad player tackles, practice squad tackles. As a three interior lineman, and he either kept the game close or won those games. So that that whole perspective of he needed everything to be perfect. I I, I threw out the window last year, just seeing his situation last year, how you know things were good, and he was still able to either keep the game close. There was a point that we're that we had like we're, we were putting up thirty five points per game build at, at one point of the season last year. And that's what shit wasn't going good as far as like players being hurt and him still being out there and still doing, you know, his part. So I knew that, you know, that whole that JG, you know, he doesn't need everything to be perfect around him. And we show he showed this game. Lose your running back, running game is completely out the door because we couldn't get anything going after that. And he still did his part and still balled out. I think that was arguably one of his most impressive performances I've ever seen out of him ever. Look. Uh, a, a, lot, a lot of people say that. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't see it as it is. The reason um, why I say it's one of the most impressive ones is because he completely lost his running game early on. They couldn't do anything with the run game after. And that's not a slouch defense you played. That's a very, very solid defense you played. And you kept that Tampa Bay offense off the field with your ability to keep the ball moving, keep getting first downs, getting crucial touchdowns, getting points, getting your, your team in good position to score. Like, that was very impressive, man, by golf. It was. It was very, very, very impressive. I, I think I just look at golf different than everybody else. Everybody just look at the yards and the big plays and stuff like that, and then they say, oh, this is the best game. I, I look at other things. I look at confidence. I, I, I look at how he how, how he's sitting in the pocket, um, getting hit and still making throws. Um, I, I look at other things other than just yards and stuff like that when it comes to golf, and – I, I kind of see where his confidence is, and as far as confidence wise, he he was, he was confident this game. He played really well. I wouldn't say this was his most confident game, though. He see, he was confident though. Like he was, 
I mean, again, the drops, dude. The drops are getting ridiculous with this team. That's one thing I hate about this offense. Toronto is the drops. It's 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 too high. I think we are the team that leads the league in drops right now. Even with all of that, like he's still making plays. Like even with like those are some plays that like are drive killers with these drops. There was back to back plays that were absolutely frustrating. I think it was JMO that had a bad drop. It wasn't a great ball by Goff. It was a bit of a dead duck, but JMO could have probably caught that ball. And then Laporta drops the easy first down. And then the third play is fucking JMO gets a big ass touchdown in the end zone, but uh, he makes up for it, right? But like, man, it's like even with the drops, he's still overcoming it. Without the running game, still overcoming it, man. Like that—that's big, dude. Laporta was not 100% this game. You could tell, he, even though he played a lot, you could tell like he was not the same Sam Laporta we saw this season. Like he was a little off. And then losing Montgomery, this running game completely struggled without him. And obviously Gibbs was inactive, but just making it work and still spreading the ball around. I know Amner had 12 catches and he was the main focal point of the offense, but he got everyone involved. If it was Josh Reynolds, if it was Kylie Freeman, if it was Marvin Jones, if it was Sam Laporta. Ozigbo from the practice squad, Craig Reynolds. Like, he got every single guy involved. James Williams, I didn't even mention him. But, like, just getting every single guy involved into this offense. I don't know. He, he, it was impressive to me. He, was, he, he looked very confident in me in that game. Yeah, I think that's what's most impressive about this team in general. That um, if you take away their, their key guys, they can still find a way to beat you with other, other areas. Right. Um, you know, we saw last week, you know, Amarase Brown. You would think that we will struggle offensively, and no, uh, offensive miss a beat, and that that says a lot. That you know, missing a guy like Amaron St. Brown, who who could potentially give you twelve catches like he did this game, and in this game, you know, we lose Montgomery, and you would think, oh, we lose Montgomery, there goes our running game. Uh, what to do now? You know, and now we're one dimensional, but no, golf finds a way to win against a really good defense, man. This is that that, that was no slouch um, of a defense. I was really concerned about playing Tampa Bay. With their defense, um, I thought like you know we look on the schedule. I would say that this is probably the, the, the toughest defense you're probably going to play, um, other than probably probably other than you know Dallas, which is the second to last game of the of of, of the season. Um, this, is, this is a tough tough defense, and they pretty much did whatever they needed to do against them. Yeah, man, they 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 did enough. They did what they had to do, and they did enough. It looked good. It was, it was impressive, man, and. But Dan Campbell says, man, I don't care if you got three toes and one ass cheek, we're going to beat your ass. Like, they, they, whatever you whatever you throw out there, whatever we have to throw out there, if he's wearing that Lions uniform, we're going to beat your ass. That's what, let's That's go, what man. they're going to do. Impressive victory. One of the most – just just a great game, man, because that's a tough game to – like, that was a tough game. That, that's on the road versus a good football yeah. team, a first-place team in their division. Say what you want about the NFC South. They were one. They were a one-loss team at that time. The Bay Buccaneers coming off a bye week, healthy, had two weeks to prepare for you, and was no issues at all, man. That's an impressive victory, as impressive as they get in the NFL, honestly. Yeah, it definitely was. And we thought like this was gonna be a test for us, but they just handled them so well. Um, I don't know. Can it, was that a test? Do you still consider that game a test for the Lions because? Not only did they give up zero touchdowns, they the, they gave up zero touchdowns. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I, I personally can't think of a game where we gave up zero touchdowns. I know you have a better memory than me, Tyler. Um, when has the Lions ever given up zero touchdowns? Zero. I've seen us have zero touchdowns before, but if I ever, uh, <laughs> if I ever seen the Lions not give a yeah. touchdown up in a game. Zero touchdowns? When have the Lions given up zero touchdowns in the entire game? I was going to say the Bears game last year, but they even scored two. That Kokoma had a bullshit one. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Do. I don't know I, I actually, you stumped me. I don't know. Uh, I can't think of nothing. And Tyler, Tyler can't think of nothing. Then it's, it's, it's deep. <laughs> it's deep. It's, it's, that's, that is probably deep. Like somebody, I got somebody to come on Twitter and say, yeah, this happened in 1994. Oh, wait, hold up, like, hold up, hold <laughs> up. This is the second game we've done it this year. Atlanta didn't yeah. score well, they only had two field goals. We, we they had six two points. Field goals. Thank you, Pierre. Pierre's in the chat right now, moderating us right now. So shout out to Pierre for that. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So we, we shut up. We shut up. Oh, that's right. We did. 
Wow. <laughs> That's twice. So I don't know, twice in one and before before that. Before that. I when, don't know when, last time before that. I you know, that was my problem. I'm thinking like way before that. I'm trying to think because I didn't think it happened this year. Yeah, same here, man. Um So yeah, before that, before the Falcons game, when did we completely shut out a, a team, completely shut them out? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the new norm now. We, 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 we've done, listen, it, we've done it twice in four weeks now. <laughs> we did it twice in four weeks. So, listeners, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know when it was the last time we shut out a team. Not this year, because we just found we just we just realized it happening. We would have got clowned out. We would have got clowned out if we let that. If Pierre wasn't the moderator, of this. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, before the Falcons game, somebody let us know. Uh, she was she was a message on Twitter. I'm pretty sure that stat rolls deep. I'm pretty sure somebody's gonna say, "Yeah, it happened in 1994, or 1995." Yeah, it might have been more recent than that, but yeah, it's been a while. It's definitely been a while. For a uh, Lions defense and not give up a touchdown, I think like for my memory, like our defense has always been bad. Yeah, outside of 2014, like, I, I, and even in 2014, like, we give we it up touchdowns. I don't think we shut out anybody. In 2014. Yeah, I'm not completely shutting down a team, but. Yeah, we might. That might have, like that's the only like year I could think of that we might have had a game where we didn't give a touchdown up. Maybe that's like the only year. Maybe like like one of the Minnesota games. I think like on the on the road, but I don't remember honestly. I would have to look it up. But all right, let's do oopsie doopsie and baller of the week, and then we will head out of there. So here, since you're in the chat, you could technically text your baller of the week if you if you really want to. But I'll start off with my oopsie doopsie of the week. I'll give you some time to type that. Oh, play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin honestly should we just bring up here to just to say his baller I, he came in very late but we could bring him up to, to say it yeah, yeah we can right, do that. actually his device is not connected so we can't do that okay we got it we got we got okay. the chat uh, anyway, I'll, I'll, we got the, we got the chat alright oops doopsie the week I got two candidates this week well I got three actually you can go either Kirby Jobs and I having a hot game. I'm not going to give it to him because it didn't cost us. Could have cost us, but I'm not going to give it to him. Coyote Yoshika could have given it to him. It wasn't great. But I'm not going to give it to a Lion this week because I don't think they deserve it. I'm going to give it to Baker Mayfield just because you I cannot stand him. I can't stand him. After what he did to us last year, I, I, I despise him now. I despise Baker Mayfield. <laughs> not only did he cost from making us the playoffs, he killed the Broncos on Christmas Day and made our draft pick worse. He has done nothing positive for my life before and for my football team. I despise Baker Mayfield. That is my most loose week. I'm done. Malcolm, who's your, who's your baller? Okay, so um, <laughs> so the ball of the week, I'll, I'll make this really quick. Uh, Pierre already said who he wanted. Pierre, I'm going to add an extra person to it. So we're going to have two ballers of the week. So, okay, so we're going to have one offensive baller of the week and we're going to have a defensive baller of the week. So um, we already established um, that the ball of the week on the offensive side is going to be um, your quarterback, my quarterback, our quarterback, number 16, Jared Goff. Um, just a phenomenal game for Jared Goff. Um, he was 30 for 44, so he threw the ball 44 times, completed the ball 30 times, which is phenomenal. Um, 353 yards, two touchdowns. He's just slinging the ball, doing whatever he wanted to do. Um, I don't know when teams and defense are going to realize playing zone coverage against Jared Goff is just not a good idea. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to click. I, hopefully they don't listen in and be like, oh, yeah, this is right. This is not do it. But, um, yeah, Jared Goff cooks. He cooks these defenses, man. He goes, he goes sit back and play zone. He has offensive line to just chill and just see you guys and see what, where the openings are. And it's going to pick you guys apart. Um, that's what he did this week. So, ball of the week, offensively, going to go to Jared Goff. Defensively, I'm going to give it to a guy who really deserves it. Now, I don't think he ever been ball of the week on our on our pod before. But Alex Lenz alone. Um, he, he had a phenomenal game. He led the team in tackles, seven tackles. Uh, I just like the fact that he's always all around the ball. Every, every time that the ball is in in the air, uh, he he's always around the ball. Hey, whether he's going to break up a pass or they swing the ball to the running back, he's there to break up either break up the pass or make a quick play on the running back. If you see the quarterback scrambling, who's the first motherfucker you see when it could be scrambling? It, it was like who you see scrambles out of comes out of nowhere to push him out of bounds. Alex Anzalone. It's always Alex. He's always around the ball. He deserves it, especially everything that's going on with him. I'm not sure if you guys saw that his parents were like trapped in Israel last week. Um, it was pretty, a pretty cool moment because um, they were actually at yeah, the they're game. Not free. They're back. And 
Yeah, yeah, they're back and they're actually at the game. And after the game, he came to the stands. They were like right, right behind the bench, and I, I was like kind of on, on the goal line, so I kind of saw everything. But he went to the to the um to the to the fan size and pretty much gave his mom a hug and everything, which was pretty cool, cool to see. Um, but he deserves it, man. He he's been balling out for us all year. So yeah, so offensive ball of the week is gonna be um Jared Goff, and then defensive is gonna be Alex. Yeah, I'm glad I gave to Alex. That's. Not only is his family safe, which thank God, because that was a very scary situation. Um, I think it's extra cool that he got to ball out in Florida because he went to the University of Florida. So to see him ball out in the state that he played college ball in, I think is awesome to see. So shout out to Alex Anzalone, man. He's been great. Yeah, 100%, man. All right, guys. That is going to be a wrap to this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. If you can leave a five-star review, it is always much appreciated. We'll be back with a Baltimore Ravens preview later on in the week, so stay tuned for that. And then we will be live with the pregame show on Sunday. Back to schedule. We've got a 1 o'clock kickoff. And then spaces after the game. So stay tuned for all of that. We will see you guys later. Peace. All right, y'all, it's your boy Malcolm, and uh, yo, I want everybody to, you know, take this all in. Um, be excited, man. Celebrate. Because right now, man, we're a team that's, we're tied for first place in the whole entire NFL right now, which is insane right now. And yeah, I think all Lions fans have the right to celebrate. So celebrate, celebrate it until, you know, until the wheels fall off. Everybody be excited. Let's take it into next week. I mean, we have Baltimore. Let's see what happens, man, because I'm excited, man. I, I, I really like our odds. And we'll talk about that more in our next episode. But, yeah, man, I can't wait. Um, but, yeah, besides that, man, uh, your boy, uh, your boy's here, and I'm, I'm out, man. Peace.